0: So if you're anything like me, you're still riding that wave of Easter from last Sunday. Uh, the wave of Easter and celebrating Jesus's resurrection. What a, a glorious event. I mean, the cross, the resurrection, what we celebrate on Easter, it is central to our faith. It, it is God and his love and his purposes most fully displayed for us. Now... Today, I'm excited. Some of you know me, and others of you may not know me uh, that well yet, but every now and then, I get really excited. Okay, And last week was absolutely one of those days with Easter, but today's one of those days as well. Because you see, Easter is everything. But what happens after Easter, it's also just so exciting. And that's what we're diving into today we are looking at what happens after easter what happens after the best of the best of the best moment in our history of the universe so if you think about it everything kind of peaked at easter right does anything good happen after the best of the best of the best what do you think does anything good happen after the best well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much good. In fact, the, the, the good that began on Easter and in Jesus's ministry, it simply continues to grow and spread his church. His church is established and it expands for 2,000 years to bring us. Here we are in the history of the church we find ourselves in right now, today and that's what we're talking about these next four weeks that's why we are looking at the book of acts and considering our church and our roots you see it's the history of the church not our localized history uh, of hope church but rather the global church that we belong to christ's church so why are we studying this well i think i just answered it because that's all super awesome right But we're also studying it because this truly is our story the book of acts is our story it's the story of the church and it's our history because we are called to continue the very ministry the very legacy and the work that began with jesus christ all those years ago now, to get the most out of these messages, uh, I really do hope uh, you are joining us in our daily Bible reading, as well as our weekly videos. Um, this is the kind of series where uh, you can just show up Sundays and hear a message and then go about your life for a week and then come back. But I I think you're going to shortchange yourself. Um, you will get out of this what you put into it. And so I encourage you to dive into Acts every day. uh, Watch those videos on Tuesdays and Thursdays and and then listen to these messages. And you're going to get a lot out of studying this book together. Um, If you're behind on your reading already, no, fear not. Just do your best to catch up or pick up today and then go back as you're able. Um, But for those of you who haven't been able to watch the videos or are not quite caught up yet, I do want to give you a quick background on the book of Acts. Essentially, this is Luke part two. It is written by the same gospel author of Luke. Uh, His name was, hey, Luke. And it's essentially the sequel to the gospels. It's what happens right after Jesus' resurrection in the beginning of the church. Now, Luke was a co-laborer in Christ of Paul's. He was like Christ's, uh, or excuse me, Paul's like co-worker in ministry. Now, Acts is action-packed. You would expect that when the book is called Acts. It refers to the Acts of the Apostles, the very first followers of Jesus. And it is a continuation of Jesus' ministry, his message, and his purpose. And like all good stories, it is the church's origin story, how God's people became Holy Spirit empowered. And despite incredible persecution, opposition, and resistance, the mission and kingdom of God grew and spread. And then finally, uh, for our intro to Acts, this all really happened. All of that happened. It's not just a nice or neat story. No, we believe God's word is true. And it's about a real God with real people doing real things. And when we read it, God changes us more into the person he created us to be. So this week in Acts, we read Acts 1 through 7. And it is so good and it is action-packed. And today our focus is going to be on considering some of the characteristics of the early church and how they are a key part of our very own DNA as a community of God. So we're going to read two passages back-to-back to back together, uh, Acts 2, 42-48, as well as Acts 4, 31-35. So the context for these two passages, It's quite fascinating, there's a lot of parallels to them. Uh, See, they both come after these miraculous events uh, and the coming of the Holy Spirit. The first comes after Pentecost. You know I like Pentecost, 40-some days after Jesus' ascension into heaven. Was it 40 days? I might be wrong on that. Resurrection? Something. Someone correct me. Someone knows in there, so leave it in the comments because my mind's scrambled right now. Um, but anyway, there's Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Some 3,000 people become followers of Jesus that day. And Peter boldly steps up. He gives this message. So here Spirit comes. And then... Uh, we get this passage in Acts 2. Now the Acts 4 passage is right after Peter and John heal a lame beggar and then defend Jesus in front of the council. And what's amazing about that is that some 5,000 people became followers of Jesus that day. So both these stories take place Peter standing up in boldness and filled with the Holy Spirit, preaching to the masses. So let's read God's word together. Acts 2, 42 through 48 to start. And then after that, Acts 4, 31 through 35. And, you know, as I read this, I would love for you to listen and share in the comments what word... Or phrase stands out to you from these two passages okay hear the word of the Lord the disciples devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the Apostles all the believers were together and they had everything in common They sold property, they sold possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in their temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And on to Acts 4, starting with verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. What stands out to you about these two passages? What does this tell us about the church, about this community of believers called to serve God together? After reading this, how would you describe the church? In what ways is this maybe similar to us at Hope Church? And then in what ways is it perhaps different? and what would you consider to be some of the hallmarks of the church see this is in our dna as a church and it's that they are filled with the holy spirit the church is holy spirit empowered the church does not exist or operate on its own power but through the holy spirit and similarly jesus equipped, and sent church. This this is his very ministry of healing, of hope, of reconciliation, of new life that continues. And Jesus, if you have been reading Acts uh, right before uh, his ascension, he equips and teaches for those 40 days, which thanks for the correction in there, those 40 days he's teaching his disciples. It's like the master class from Jesus. Uh, It's continuing the teaching that he already had taught them in his life and witness. And so he equips and then sends out his disciples to continue doing his very ministry. He equipped them to go and do just as he did. He sent them forth to do the same, and that's why we are here today. That's why we are a church. That's why we exist as a church because of the faithfulness of disciples over the generations continuing the very work of Jesus Christ. When I actually think about that, it always amazes me. So what are the hallmarks of a church community? Well, one word that's coming up again and again is boldness they are bold in the spirit the spirit allows those that once were timid to be bold and to rely not on their own strength but on god's they also as as many of you have pointed out in the comments they share in all things and they have one mind one mind i i don't know it, it's hard enough to like agree on someone like with like where you want to eat out Right? Let alone to be in one mind in all things. But that is a hallmark of church community, is seeking to be of one mind. Now, in the sharing in all things, you know what that means? If they make their needs known, that means they were very open and very honest and deeply real with each other about what is actually going on in their lives. You and I both know in our culture, at least here in Kalamazoo, West Michigan, culture, uh, and in uh, a culture that's quite seeped in a, a Dutch heritage and a kind of a, a mostly kind of middle-classy kind of vibe, there's a culture of nice that we live in. And part of that culture of nice is we aren't great about sharing what's really going on with others. It's really hard for us to be open about our struggles with others it's really hard to let someone know that we're going through something difficult even medical stuff if we are, are are struggling medically or anything like that we don't want to let people know until we're on the other side that's just part of our culture we need to name that and we need to own that but naming it is helpful when we hold it up in contrast to this early church and this hallmark of sharing in all things because they were open, honest, and deeply real with each other about what is really going on in their lives. There wasn't any shallowness, there was no falseness, there's no holding back in being honest about their struggles, their needs, their hopes, and their longings. This is, after all, the, the pinnacle of authentic community. You see, the church is a family on mission. The church is a family. We know that. At Hope, we say it all the time. Hope is family, and we feel it, right? We are a family with a shared mission. That's our big takeaway today is for us to be a family on mission. See, families know all the good and all the bad. They know the victories and they know the struggles. They don't hide their realness from the people you're closest to. Healthy families share everything that's going on. And a lot of times you can't avoid it. Uh, You you develop this awareness and this language with other people. For instance, you know, Meg and I, we're married. We've been married almost uh, eight years now and one of us knows if there's something a little awry the other. You can just sense it. You just know it. You pick up on these things. You can't hide from it when you're in a family. uh, That that if it's a healthy system, then you step into that authenticity, um, and you live in that space. But also, in a healthy family, you learn that when you open up, if it's a healthy family, you're met with love, understanding, grace, help, empathy, support, encouragement, all those things. And here's the thing, God's design of church, his design for his community of believers, of real authentic community, it's to expand the definition of family beyond blood or marriage. Because in the kingdom of God, we are one family. And we are called to serve and love and live and lead together through it all. We talked a few weeks ago, if you've been joining us, about being yoked to Christ, connected to Christ, allowing him to carry our burden for us. The beauty of God's design for community is that the church is also created to carry each other's burdens. That's what families do. You know that saying, many hands make light work. Well, many hands also make light the burden. Now, I have a question for you, it's this. In this season, in our quarantine, in our isolation, in our social distancing, who are you sharing your struggles and your celebrations with? Is there anyone outside your immediate family that you are connected to and sharing these things with? If there's not, I would love to encourage you. uh, More than encourage, I'd like to challenge you to expand your circle this week. Expand your circle this week. You may say there's no one in your life, but I believe God has someone in your life already that you can foster a closer relationship with that's grounded in Him and in that deep authenticity. I believe that. Surely there is someone in this church that you feel a connection with. I encourage you to be brave and reach out this week. The reality is many of us don't have that close family relationship so our friends truly are our family that's beautiful so i want to share with you about one of my people that uh aside from my family there's one person that i talk to while well, text with probably every single day um that person if you know him it's chad chadwick Dillon, or officer Dillon, as my son miles calls him officer Dillon. Now, I'm sorry to make you all jealous, but Chad's my buddy, okay? He can be your buddy too, but he's my buddy. And we text every day. And honestly, it's not these usual, uh, these deep, you know, heartfelt type conversations. That's just not how we talk. It's mostly Lord of the Rings and Star Wars gifts. It might not be a surprise to you. Um, and, uh, we, or we're talking about shows or games or our families and kids or... Food, we talk a lot about food, a lot about B-dubs, or we're preparing for our kids that are coming. And uh, the thing is, though, Chad knows I have his back, and he knows, or I know he has mine. And we encourage each other uh, simply by our friendship, and we support one another simply knowing that we can always talk to each other or ask a question, or when we can actually be in person, ask for anything to help with and be able to show up and help. Uh, we build each other up in that way. We know it's a God-centered friendship because we're both seeking to follow and live for God, and we encourage each other in that, Um, and we know that we have each other's back. So God-centered friendships, they become like family, and the Dylan family, uh, Chad, Allison, and Drake, in many ways they feel like family to us Sanderses because Together, we're seeking to just connect with one another, care for one another, be there for each other, have fun together, and we model these authentic, real, God-centered friendships, um, just like these passages in Acts display. And honestly, it is so life-giving. Here's the thing. The idea of investing in a relationship may seem scary or like a lot of work. But honestly, while it does take some work, it's, it's life-giving work, uh, it, which generally means it doesn't really feel like work, okay? See, um, Chad and I, how did we become friends? I don't really know. We just kept talking to each other and seeing each other here at church and start texting each other, and, and there's just a common connection, and, uh, and so what do you know? We're friends. That's what happens. But sometimes it's hard to make those friends. What does it take? It just takes a little bit of investment and consistency, and then all of a sudden, God shows up and fills those gaps. But maybe you're saying to me right now, you're like, all right, yeah, Kevin, make friends, whatever, I get it. Sounds great, but how are we even going to do that when we can't get together? Honestly, I, I would challenge that right now is a prime time to deepen some of those friendships you have in your life. What is every single person feeling right now in this day and age? What is every single person longing for while we are socially distant? It's connection. It's connection, to connect with one another. That's part of what makes these live streams so fruitful is that together we are coming together and connecting. And we're connecting together to God's word and we're a part of something. You guys have all your comments about what you miss and you can connect and feel like, ah, my people, for just a few minutes on a Sunday morning. It is beautiful. That's what we all long for. And there's amazing opportunity right now to build strong and lasting and authentic kingdom-centered relationships while we are apart because the longing and the need is so great. For instance, a phone call to someone during this season, it's like 10 phone calls during normalcy. Or a phone call that most people would look at their phone and just wait for it to go to voicemail, they might actually pick up now because they are longing for connection. A thoughtful text or simply just saying to someone, hey, how are you doing? That can be like water to, um, I don't know, something that needs water, a plant, that works, right? Or a handwritten letter, oh baby. I received one this week. I got a handwritten letter this week from one of you. And let me tell you, that, that handwritten letter made my entire week it's hanging up at our house I look at it brings a smile to my face and that person doesn't know they sent a letter on their own desire and send it to me and honestly it have made my week how meaningful does connection feel when it's what we're all desperately longing for here's the thing just a little bit of investment treating our brothers and sisters our church brothers and sisters, like actual brothers and sisters, can yield an expansion of God-centered, life-giving, burden-sharing community. For we're reminded that before Jesus went to the cross, Jesus himself redefined family to being more than just blood relations. He looked to his disciples and the crowds and he said, here is my brother and my sister and my mother, He has called us to be a family on mission together and much like the very best sports teams that all call themselves family they all have amazing chemistry they're more than teammates because they're invested in each other that's who we are as the church we're truly in this together the church is at the dna level of family on mission so we can view this season we are in right now as a massive inconvenience, and we can name that because it is, this is a massive inconvenience on every level, but will it stop the church from moving forward? Absolutely not. In fact, I dare say this time is making our church stronger. There are several people, several people who are even commenting this morning. Who are not usually connected to our church or just getting connected or reconnecting with our church what a gift that is that we can create bonds during this time see Acts shows us these stories in acts it is god who will do his mighty work and his kingdom absolutely will spread in spite of suffering, in spite of persecution that we read about in this book, in spite of even sin that occurs in the church, if you saw the story with uh, Sapphira and um, the other one, uh, I, someone remind me there, I told you, my brain scrambled this morning. In spite of conflict, like we see at the beginning of uh, Acts chapter 6, we, the church moves forward. The church continues to grow because nothing will stop the mission of God from moving forward. Nothing. Nothing will stop. And as we said last week, Jesus Christ, he is who he said he is, and he will do what he says he will do. And he said he would build the church. Nothing, not even the gates of hell, will ever prevail over it. That is true then. And that is true now. Nothing will stop the mission of God from moving forward. What helped it spread? What helps it grows? That in the face of suffering and persecution, people remain bold in their faith and in spirit. And they did it together as a family. You see, they saw that conflict all of that, and they pressed forward together. It grew in the context, too, of remarkable love amongst the Christian community. That's what I get the most from these two passages, is that shared love of community. This is something hope has really well. We love each other well. We care for one another well. Can we always go deeper? Absolutely, we all can. But a hallmark of our church, what a beautiful starting point. And Acts shows us God's mission grows in the context of remarkable love amongst His people. It grows because God is actively at work. Even today, yes, in the book of Acts with these amazing miracles, but God still works and moves today. And others then point out that work to those around them. Say, look at what God's doing in your life. Do you see what God healed me from? Do you see what He saved me from? Did you see what He did for my brother and sister over here? And the news spreads. The Holy Spirit comes and does the work. That's the pattern we see. All throughout the book of Acts so here's a challenge for you and me today as we await the world to reopen we have a choice to make are we going to just allow this time to beat us down and we are going to just simply veg out and bide our time for when the doors open once more or you're just going to veg out and binge watch as many shows as possible, watch Tiger King five times through, or, or, like the church described in Acts, our church's very DNA, while they were forced underground, worshiping in small groups and houses, faced with incredible obstacles and barriers, they remained bold and spirit. And they grew together and God honored their faithfulness by greatly expanding their kingdom so as a family on mission instead of simply weathering the storm how might we thrive in it how might we allow God to do a mighty work through us in this season that's the question how might you thrive in this season now I just want to qualify that, and it's not like those influencers online, right, that say, yeah, I'm going to do 30 workouts a day, and I'm going to clean everything and learn 10 languages all while homeschooling my kids, and I'm actually going to shower today and all of that. No, that's craziness. Well, shower, you should shower every day do that but all that other stuff no that's that's crazy that's don't set up unrealistic goals and expectations what i mean is how might you thrive spiritually and relationally in this season you see in a season with increased anxiety increased fear increased anger increased uncertainty have you had an increase in your response Has there been an increase of prayer, of scripture, of worship? Our family already listens to a lot of worship music. I'm pretty sure it's doubled or tripled in the past month. It's basically on all the time, and honestly, it is soothing to our souls. Today, Miles said, I like to start my day with worship. Oh, praise God. Me too, son. Me too. Now, I want to be clear some of you, um, actually probably each of us at different times throughout this season, the very best we can do is to weather it. Because the grief, the hurt, the pain, it may hit some of us closer to home than others. Or others, it will affect us more significantly than others. So we have to weather it. We don't have a choice but even in the midst of that i still believe we may thrive relationally and spiritually i believe we can do that by choosing to not suffer alone to not carry our burdens alone to bring it to your family on mission so they may carry this burden with you the acts of the apostles and the acts of hope church are not supposed to be different because the mission remains the same. We can thrive when and how? By drawing closer to God together as his family. We can thrive when we draw closer to God together as his family. So who are your people? What is your circle? And how are you going to invest in them this week by being real and open and authentic with them? How might you open that communication and increase it just a little bit so that you don't have to carry things alone and how might our church start to look even more even more like the very beginnings of our church as we read about in the book of acts for when we live authentically and graciously and as one family empowered and emboldened by the Holy Spirit, equipped and sent by Jesus Christ to keep his mission moving forward, then we will thrive no matter what life throws at us. We are indeed in this together and we are not alone for we have God and we have our family. Praise be to God amen will you please pray with me let's bow our heads heavenly father we give you thanks this day first and foremost because you are our lord and our savior jesus christ you are the risen lord you have defeated death and you have given us life for that lord we say thank you thank you lord thank you for who you are and who we are in you. God, you are so good, you're so loving, you're so kind and so gracious to us. We pray, Lord, that you give us eyes to see you. We pray, Lord, that you give us ears to hear you. You give us the faith to follow you and do the things you want us to do. And Lord, we know that you have called us to be a family on mission together. So God, we pray right now for you to help us identify who are the people in our lives that you have placed to be our family to carry our burdens together to to draw closer to you together who are those people lord we pray that through your spirit you empower us to foster deeper christ-centered relationships with them give us the courage to share how we are really doing Give us the courage to send that letter we've been meaning to send for weeks or to make that call or to check in. God, we are your church and we long to be a deeply authentic community so that there might not be a single need amongst us for we know the needs of everyone in our community and we all rise up to help meet them. And God, we pray for an expansion of this community. We pray for people to come and get to know this loving family and the love that we have in you. Help us do that, Lord, by following your lead. God, we thank you for the things that our community celebrates this week. And also we carry uh, some burdens for our brothers and sisters as well for those struggling with sickness, for those dealing with sickness in their family, not even sure if they'll be able to see their loved ones as they struggle and suffer. We pray for your healing and for your peace to be made known in a real way. God, we pray for your grace, which you give us in abundance so that we might draw closer to you today And help spread your kingdom just a little bit today. We love you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen.